Storm Bowling Products. The Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Chris Vai. Chris is a former Team USA and Junior Team USA member. Chris also bowled collegiately at Notre Dame College. Chris, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you guys very much for having me on. All right. Well, let's kind of get right into it there. Uh, Chris, you were hot off your win there as a newly crowned U.S. Open champion. Now, of course, we want to ask you how that feels. But one of the things that also kind of strikes us, and I know the rest of the bowling industry has been just kind of so impressed with, is your ability to perform in the majors. And these, uh, you, you're, you've just been making show after show after show when it comes to the major championships. So one, what does it feel like to be a U.S. Open champion? And then two, why or how have you, what have you attributed to your success uh, as of recent now for the last couple of years in the major tournaments? Yeah, obviously it feels incredible um, just to be, you know, considered a PBA national champion, let alone a uh, PBA major champion. So uh, it's an incredible feeling. You know, I, like you said, I, I've made quite a few shows in the past year or so, and I've given myself some opportunities. Uh, I told myself to, to just keep keep doing that, keep putting myself into a good position. Um, and eventually one of the times I, you know, I knew I was going to break through, um, it just so happened, you know, to be this past weekend at the U.S. Open. So, um, you know, obviously bowling in the majors, uh, they're usually long, grueling formats that um, they really test, you know, physical abilities and mental abilities just uh, with the length of the tournament, the challenge of the tournament. Um, and I think, you know, I think that just kind of suits my game to where, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm in good shape. I feel like, you know, I stay hydrated. I stay fueled um, to where I feel like I can make conscious and, and good decisions, you know, in, in game one, just as well as in game 56 or 57. So um, I just think it kind of suits my game. And, um, you know, I feel like the longer formats are the ones I enjoy a bit more. Yeah, Chris, does your thought process change at all in, in a longer form format like the U.S. Open versus the the traditional tournaments you see on, on tour in the World Series of Bowling, et cetera? Uh, it, you know, I try not to, um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm a pretty patient bowler. Um, I, I tend to let things kind of come to me, especially when they're when they're difficult. You know, it's, it's hard to try to go out there and, and attack when they're really, really tough. Um, so I think that's, I think that's why it plays into my game a bit more. Um, and it may actually almost need, you know, maybe me needing to, to kind of change my thought process for the shorter ones, uh, to be, you know, maybe even a bit more aggressive or, um, you know, kind of go after it a bit more. Um, so I just think the kind of the patience and my, a uh, little bit more of a, I guess, laid back style tends to, to like the longer formats. And as far as, uh, you know, looking at strategy on there, you know, you won with a fast pitch and, uh, you know, as far as urethane definitely came into play uh, across all the different uh, brands. Uh, what kind of a difference did you see in terms of, did you, did you struggle at all with trying to figure out exactly when to throw a reactive, when to verse, you know, versus the, 
the urethane versus that fast pitch. And I know as well in the Masters when you made the show, you had a uh, and in qualifying too, a couple of different high roads as well. So you had some reactive options as well. Was that was that tough for you to decide, or was it pretty clear, kind of cut and dry as far as when to use which? Uh, it necessarily wasn't so cut and dry because both really looked good for um, the length of the tournament. I mean, I felt like I could have even thrown reactive from the start uh, for for this U.S. Open. Uh, you know, the match play obviously a lot of urethane balls were thrown. Um, I felt like I had, you know, with that proton physics that uh, was really my other reactive option for this last pattern was um, was good mm-hmm. enough that I could throw on 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 the fresh. It just felt like I had a little bit more um, kind of miss area with this urethane ball, and I knew for a fact that I was going to be able to hit the pocket with it. Um, it just kind of as the games progressed, uh, it struggled to go through the pins a bit more. Um, and just when I started to see, you know, to get four or five nine counts a game off shots, I felt really good. Um, you know, I just wanted to to stay aggressive, and I would go right to that reactive option that uh, would get through the pins a little bit better. And and that's something I think you just brought up such an incredibly important point for those you know bowlers who are looking at trying to figure out and analyze their arsenal. They they might look at a ball like the fast pitch or pitch black as being a completely different realm than the proton physics. But like you had mentioned, it, it was for you the reactive play off of that. And I just kind of feel as far as, as, far as uh, the knowledge and work, looking at uh, the design and, and intent and purpose of different bowling balls, the proton physics is, is basically our earliest rolling uh, reactive that we have. I mean, it's got the, you know, when you're looking at uh, performance-wise, some people might say, well, wait a second, I use a, the, the fast pitch hook so little overall and then the proton is super aggressive, but it's a it's a nanotechnology based cover stock. It's the earliest rolling ASIM we have. And urethane is typically a ball that people would would choose, and you guys are looking for an earlier breakpoint as well, even though it's more controllable on the back. Is that is that kind of safe to say? Yes, yeah, so I I think that's the the biggest thing, the biggest difference between you know kind of what we bowl on tour and the typical league bowler is we look at where we want to get our ball to start hooking and not necessarily left to right ball motion. So, um, you know, urethane is, you know, naturally just kind of the earliest reaction um, of the bowling balls that are on the market. It just, that texture that's on the ball just really wants to dig into the lane. And we're trying to get that as, get that started as early as possible as well. Um, so naturally off of that, the closest thing to it is, the super strong, big asymmetrical bowling balls like the proton physics. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of what we see is we're just trying to, we have an early rolling urethane ball, you know, it's doing the right thing. So the next closest thing reactive wise would be another strong early rolling bowling ball. And then once we get to the TV show, you see the other righties using urethane as well. You're sitting waiting in the wings for everyone. Is that when you kind of have to make the decision to say, I have to join them out there with urethane? Or could you, you know, you obviously made the right choice because you won, but is there ever that thought in your head that, well, maybe I could take something else and use some of the hold that they might be creating with their urethane or what goes through your mind when you're seeing that in front of you and you're sitting there waiting for them? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, that's the tough decision that you have to make. And that's why it makes it so hard to win on TV is, you know, you have to make that decision for a one game match. 
And, you know, if you happen to choose the wrong one, it could be a difference of, you know, 30 or 40 pins, maybe even more, which could end up costing you, costing you the game. So it is nice that we get a few shots, um, you know, as coming in as the one seed, I got four shots on each lane uh, before the match started to where I could throw reactive and I could also throw urethane to see which one I liked the shape a little bit better. Um, and, you know, I felt like I was confident enough with the urethane ball that I knew what it was going to do. And um, I felt like it was going to give me the best chance to win. Well, awesome. Well, definitely congratulations on the win. That was super, super cool. You know, this is, uh, um, you know, something that not many people ever get the chance to say that they're U- a U.S. Open champion. So that's got to that's gotta sound pretty awesome to you. And, uh, and, and one of the things, uh, you know, when we're doing these podcasts, Chris, uh, Tim and I were actually both uh, part of the International Bowling Media Association and, and sit on one of the uh, committees that helps uh, do the rankings and votes on the rankings for the different teams for performance. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about your experience in college bowling, uh, who you had bowled for, and, uh, and maybe if you do still stay a little bit either involved or follow or uh, kind of, you know, sort of keep track of what's going on in the collegiate ranks and, and maybe how co- college bowling uh, helped uh, get you to your professional career that you have today? Yeah, I, uh, I bowled for Notre Dame College um, from 2010 to 2014. Um, so that was actually just started the program the year before that I got there. Um, and we had a ton of bowlers come in uh, the same year that I did. So, you know, we grew into a really large program and uh, we were able to, to grow together really quickly. And uh, we kind of struggled the first year a bit, um, but, you know, we had a ton of people that all came in at the same time. So we were able to kind of mesh together um, and really, you know, build up a great communication and uh, we're all helping each other get better. And uh, yeah, I think we had one of the, one of the most enjoyable teams to be on um, maybe not necessarily the most raw talent, um, but we had a, a really enjoyable team and the, the team chemistry was incredible. So uh, we, we built a lot of our success, off of uh, off of chemistry and and just really trusting one another. So, you know, I had an incredible um, college bowling experience, and you know, I try to keep up with it as much as we can. Uh, typically, our tournaments, you know, our our busy season is kind of around the same time as the college busy season. So, um, I tend to to notice a bit more during the you know kind of the sectionals and and national championship runs that teams are making. So. Um, yeah, I think college is an, it's an incredible uh, tool that you can learn. Um, I think it's one of those very unique things that uh, you you really just can't learn anywhere else. Um, one, obviously, it helps to to build yourself as a team player, um, and at the same time, like uh, it's one of those things you can learn a lot of different tricks that you can do. These really long formats, you know, they're grueling days where you're waking up at you know six in the morning to get there bright and early to start bowling and then you might not leave the bowling center until you know nine or ten at night so um even just that part of it building the st- the stamina to be able to to compete in these long days and these long tournaments um i just think kind of all of it is is a really good experience and i think it it builds you not only as a bowler but but as a person 
Chris, one of the things we'll talk a lot of times with the collegiate players and even their coaches is their mental game and how they, um, how they, if they're coaches, how they, what, what some of the theories are that they subscribe to regarding mental game, and if it's a player, some of the things they do to to improve and, and kind of keep evolving in their mental game. So I'll, I'll ask you that question. Then what what are you doing to keep your mental game evolving, and and what are some things you kind of lean on? when you're in these tournaments and these PBA tournaments and, and, um, and, and going through the grind of, of each day? Yeah, I think, you know, visualization is a really big thing for me, um, just as well as, you know, you know, motivational videos, motivational quotes, just kind of something to, to kind of get you in the right mindset to, to make sure that you're, you know, you're thinking positively and, and you're not having, you know, any doubts or any second guesses as you're, as you're going into bowl. But, um, you know, I've, I've said this story a time or two already, but, um, you know, the, the night before the show, you know, just sitting there laying in bed, you know, I was visualizing myself, you know, holding the trophy, visualizing myself, uh, giving an interview about, about me winning, having the green jacket on and, uh, you know, don't want it to come off as conceited or whatever it may be, but, you know, I'm just trying to give myself positive reinforcements that, you know, I'm able to do this. I can do it you know, I have the ability to do it. So, um, you know, I just, once I got into that position or, you know, gave myself a chance to win, you know, I, I have already been thinking about it for, for several times. So, um, I wasn't nearly as nervous. I wasn't nearly as, you know, fearful in that, in that position because I felt like I have already experienced it. Well, that's definitely good advice there. That's, uh, I think one of the things that, I mean, at the, at the level you guys are at, I mean, there's, I mean, everybody's talented, right? And I mean, everybody has a, a great physical game and that stuff. So you got to start looking at what are some of these different things that, that separate you from the rest of the pack. And, and it, it, are there any either books or speakers or coaches or, you know, any kind of psychologists, sports psychologists or anybody that you've either listened to or followed or how did you kind of get down that path a little bit? Yeah, so I think I was really obviously introduced to, to the mental side of things by uh, Dr. Dean um, back when I was on Team USA. And that was really honestly the first time I kind of thought about the whole mental process. Um, you know, uh, it was just, I was a younger kid, you know, really just assumed, you know, bowling is bowling. You know, if, if you strike, you strike. If you don't, you don't. Um, but then you start diving into the, the different side of things and, um, you know, really trying to build yourself off of the lanes to, like you said, different, uh, differentiate yourself you know, you got to try to get a leg up on these guys somehow. Um, and if you can be in the proper mindset uh, for the entire length of a tournament and not give away any single shot or any single frame, uh, you're already putting yourself at, a, at an advantage against your opponent. So, um, yeah, I just starting to realize that a bit more. Um, I think I just started taking, you know, the mental side of things a bit more serious and, uh, it's something you don't need a bowling center to practice on. You know, you can do it, you know, at home, you can do it in the car, whatever it may be, just to kind of, you know, build your self-esteem up a little bit and and have that confidence for your performances. Chris, you and uh, uh, fellow PBA member Michael Tang own TV Bowling Supply, which is a pro shop there in Columbus, Ohio. So I'd, I'd love to get your uh, how that's been for you and that experience because you guys opened that and then, boom, COVID hits. 
So then you probably, like most places, had to shut down and, and or at least really scale back, you know. So how has that experience been for you guys? And then what are you learning about being a, a pro shop operator and owner as well? Yeah, it's, it's honestly been an incredible experience. Um, you know, Mikey's a fantastic business partner, and uh, we have an employee. Uh, his name's Jude Brown. When, uh, when Mikey and I are, are off, you know, bowling and, and PBA tournaments, uh, he, he takes care of it when, when we're gone. So, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we have a really good time together. Obviously we're, we're all kind of learning together, um, throwing ideas off of each other, experimenting, um, and just, yeah, you know, it's, it's really fun to, to help improve others games and, um, to see them, um, just have, you know, this treatment of, you know, we're going to do everything for their, you know, their equipment that we would do for our equipment. So, you know, we're not going to cut any corners or anything like that. So um, just to, to kind of share some knowledge that, you know, we've been very thankful to to learn from some of the industry's best, um, just to be able to pass that on and kind of spread some more knowledge to the game is, is a lot of fun. And, yeah, it's been a great experience. That's cool. Hey, and, and final question I've got for you, Chris. Now, you, you, there was a lot of games. There's been a lot of bowling so far for you over the last couple months now competitively. Uh, what's the, what are the next few months looking like for you? Do you have a little bit of a break, a little bit more time back at home working in the shop, or, or what's your schedule looking like here? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, obviously back in the shop, you know, I try to be there as much as I can when I'm home, um, but trying to obviously keep up with practice. Uh, we have the PBA Super Slam is coming up this weekend, um, so I'll be participating mm. in that. And then the uh, the PBA playoffs are the following weekend, so we got a couple couple big ones coming up. Um, so we're gonna gonna keep the the foot down and you know try to keep grinding here for a couple more weeks until until we get a little bit of a break. Keep the mojo going, right? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, and both of those tournaments are ones you're going to have to keep your mental game in check because just thinking about there's some big money involved in both of those e events. So that's something where you're really going to have to stay in the moment because, um, I mean, daydreaming over over all that money <laughs> would uh, would 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 you know would we'd be most of us would be doing that thinking about how we're gonna how we're what sort of nice payday that would be. So. So we wish you uh, the best of luck in those two tournaments, Chris, and uh, and we'll be catching up with you again here down the road coming up soon. Awesome. Well, thank you guys very much. I appreciate it.